Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Hadijas lives with her ailing mother in the mountains of Macedonia, making a living cultivating honey using ancient beekeeping traditions. When an unruly family moves in next door, what seems like a balm for her solitude becomes a source of tension as they, too, want to practice beekeeping while disregarding her advice. The most awarded film at this year's Sundance Film Festival, winning the World Cinema Grand Jury Prize, a special jury award for cinematography, and another special jury award for originality, Honeyland is an epic visually stunning portrait of a delicate balance between nature and humanity that has something sweet for everyone. And that is the story behind this remarkable, wonderful new documentary co-directed by Tamara Kotevska as well as Lubomir Stefanov. Joining us today here on Film School to talk about this terrific documentary, Honeyland. Tamara Kotevska and Lubomir Stefanov Welcome to Film School Radio. My understanding is that uh, this story behind this documentary didn't start out as a documentary of, about this particular subject. Tell us a little about the origins, and I'll start. I'll start with uh, you, uh, Tamara. How did it start? Well, uh, the the beauty of this protest is that it was very spontaneous uh, from the beginning to the end, and that. Uh, it was never started as something very huge and ambitious. It started like a smaller idea that got it developing over time, which, uh, according to us, is the best way for a documentary, especially. In different forms of films, it's different. But in documentaries, just this kind of research and developing is the best way to approach a subject. This is our second film together. Uh, we worked on the first one, which was also a documentary, with environmental subject, set in Macedonia. Completely different than this story, but uh, we, we did the same kind of development and experimenting and research. This, uh, the story of Honeyland actually started as a short, it, it was supposed to be a shorter documentary about the area of the river Bregalnica, which is something that uh, the Swiss uh, organization that financed us uh, makes research long years before uh, how to protect this area. And their main focus is water. So they're most interested in, in this river. So as we did our research to find the right subject around this river, Yugo had found this uh, in, in his previous years of uh, working with this organization. He had found this beehive and uh, contacted the family who who made them because he was curious to see what, what they were doing and what was this wild bee hunting. And then uh, this was all put on, a, on the standby, let's say, before, doing, uh, before we were doing, while we were doing the previous project, mm -hmm. the previous documentary. And then uh, we, we renewed this research, uh, getting contact, got in contact with the family, with the brothers of Atija, who are familiar in the area for the wild bee hunting. And uh, we started uh, seeing who is the, the most interesting character to start with. 
in this uh, quest. And uh, it was without a question uh, that Atija was the, the right character because uh, in this old Turkish tribe that they belong to, it's their rule that the last female remains to keep the, fa- the, the parents until they die. And her being the last female in the family, uh, who remains in this abandoned area, mm-hmm. which was so different from how her brothers, brothers moved got, there a got long to time live. Ago. Yeah. Her brothers live a regular life in the vill- in the next village with uh, power, electricity, with roads, with water, with their families, with their children. But Atije had the destiny to remain in this completely uninhabited village to take care of her 85-year-old mother until she dies. So naturally, this was the character and the story that was the strongest. And this is how we decided to follow her. Lubomir, I I would I'm curious as to how you establish this relation uh, with Hadijas in terms of approaching her. You must have you must have spent a little time around her before, and it's and like it's obvious to see why she would be such an uh, an attractive subject. But what was your approach to her when you decided that you wanted to uh, maybe focus more of the of your attention on her? Tamara will answer this question better than me. Oh, okay. Tamara, what was she like? What was Hadijas like when you said, I mean, did you start to explore the idea with her first and before you made it clear that that's what your intent was? Or Yes. You approached the... How, how did we approach her? Yeah, in other words, yeah, did, I mean, it doesn't sound like she was initially what you intended to spend uh-huh, a lot yeah. of time with. Well, um... This is a very important uh, sentence she said uh, on the one of the first uh, goings to Bekirlia that uh, made our minds and uh, kind of uh, represented the way of the whole shooting for the next three years. Uh, something she told me when, uh, when we came there uh, was that all her life she had a dream that some journalists came and uh, shoot her while she was walking on the hills and tell her story to the world. <laughs> In the TV. <laughs> In the TV. She couldn't, she couldn't make a difference what we are, what kind of crew we are. Are we journalists? Are we TV? Are we... She doesn't make any difference. Uh-huh. So for her, it's just like the public eye. <laughs> <laughs> so this is something that uh, explains everything about the process of work with her. She didn't... Uh, it's, so- just, just to finish, sorry. Um, in, in her mind, in her opinion, we are not the ones who found her, but she's the one who found us, <laughs> who called us, basically, because she really strongly wanted her story to be out there. Yeah. From the same beginning, she never had a problem for, to expose her. Herself. Herself and uh, her life. Her feeling that this was her destiny to be in a film explains a little bit about how she was able to be so unguarded in her in what she does and what she says especially with her mother those those conversations are amazing yeah we, we, you, you have to have in mind that we didn't under, we don't understand turkish mm-hmm. so uh we made uh, probably something like 30 different shootings in the in their huts between them we we used only seven or eight uh in the film and uh, the mother was 
never aware of our presence there. Atija was, for sure, of course. Mm -hmm. But the uh, mother was never aware that we are in the hut. She's half blind. Not half. She's completely blind and half deaf. Well, those conversations are so intimate, so touching, so honest, so raw. There's, a, there's one quote that I wrote down when she said to Hatijas um, about, I am, I'm not dying, I'm just making your life misery. And then she says, I do not intend to die. And yes. it, the, that level of honesty is yes. amazing. Yeah, yeah sure. We, we use those scenes where our conversations uh, with, with uh, points like this, you know, uh, because we didn't understand Turkish, uh, we yeah. after after the finishing of the shooting, we spent a lot of time uh, watching the material, and we start editing on blind, which mean which means uh, without knowing what they are talking, just on uh, on on feeling. Uh, okay. And the trans the transcript came later, yeah. and it was like uh, watching a new film. It was an amazing process, uh, one of the most amazing parts of, of, the, of the editing. So, so it sounds like you were just working off of creating a visual story. In the editing? Yes. Yeah. No, in the shooting No, in the also. shooting also. Yeah. Actually, this, this is, the, sure. for us, I think this is the biggest uh, secret of, of how we managed to create a story close to everyone. Uh, because we didn't understand the language, and the language is always something that um, we think that brings us closer, but in fact, it doesn't. It can just set you apart, and uh, the, the body language and the visual is something that is universal language. And if you manage to, uh, to, to have the story like this, to shoot the story like this, that you understand it without the language, then adding the language is just, um, how to say like you can choose the, the minimum the minimum the, the strongest uh, sentences of their conservation just to just make it to point to make it, to, to make more it beautiful but just stronger yeah. not to explain yeah but in fact uh, the story is completely understandable without without the subtitles and this is the the, the biggest challenge that we achieved that we, we think we achieved of course Yes, I want to remind our listeners we're speaking with the co-directors of a new documentary film called Honeyland. We're speaking with Tamara Koteska as well as Lubomir Stefanov, the co-directors of the film Honeyland. And I, I want to reinforce that notion that you just brought up. This is an, a visually a stunning film. It's a beautiful film to look at, and it was a, an, a triple award winner at the Sundance Film Festival, by the way, Honeyland was. It won the Grand Jury Prize. Um, it also won World Cinema Documentary Prize, as well as it won for uh, World Cinema... Impact and Change. Yeah, Impact and Change. And it is visually amazing to watch. And her relationship, and this is the thing, uh, that uh, Hatija's relationship to the bees, how they are not only do they nurture her and her mother, but they also are a part of an ancient, uh, that's the best word I can think of, is ancient um, ritual, ancient tradition of living off of the land 
And it speaks to a, a greater issue, which I feel like is a part of Honeyland, which is the environmental degradation that is sort of a subtext sure. for the film and, and how we're losing touch with, our, with nature and, and these incredibly important um, ecosystems. Is that fair? Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Actually, the, the, film, the film is not about the environmental point of the film. Um, although it is for sure we have a human story here, a real life story with the relationships with the mother, with relationship, Afija's relationship with uh, the boy from the family. But uh, it has uh, obviously a very strong environmental uh, message and point. What is very important is that uh, this film is not about the bees, for sure. It is about how we use the nature and it is about uh, we, we succeed to show the i don't know which is the right term but uh, to show a very simple example of what i would call a, a chain of greedness mm-hmm. uh how how one interruption caused by by somebody's greedness uh causing another Another question, which is also connected with the gridness, and um, and produces this this uh, situation. The film, the the, the Atija's point in this case is uh, her sentence from the beginning, before she is going to the town when she is talking to the beast, call for me, call for you. That is very very important point, and actually it is closely connected with the United Nations one of the United Nations uh, Millennium Goals, which is equal share of, share of benefits between users, which are we, humans, and providers, which is nature, in order to ensure food security. Uh, Atija's motto of sharing with, with bees, living half for them, is a universal rule how our ancestors and how we should treat and use the nature. For, for us, that that is the m- most important environmental part, not the bees. It's not, it's, the bees are only the, the, the example. Right. The subject here. I just want to comment. Uh, I, exactly. Okay. I feel that same way about what you, you, that relationship that you're talking about. I also feel like the family, the Turkish family that lives next door to her, mm-hmm. is also a representation of a, a sort of a, a, a neglect an inattention to the the environment providing as long as you take care of it it will take care of you that family is an example in its own sort of crude way of what i think you're talking about but you you can blame them they have 150 cows they have seven children there now they have eight eight children they have a newborn after the film was finished uh and uh their representation of of an probably of an average family. What we see is how we, as an average, an, an average people, as an average uh, users of natural resources, are unable to measure what are we doing to the, to the provider or what are we doing for the next year, what, what, what we're going to use next year. Yeah. You understand? Yes. It's an immediacy that we humans tend to have, especially in a in a in a society that's it's, that is sort of um, separate from from nature. We don't see 
why it matters that we don't consume or we that we can consume as much as we want without consequence. Sure. As previous interviewer said uh, people think that uh, honey comes from supermarkets. Right. Well, I, I, I'm, I'm going to wrap it up, not because I want to, but I'm sure that we've run out of time. So I just want to let people know that this is a spectacular documentary in so many different ways. It is a, a heartfelt, remarkable story about Hadijas and her family and her, in, and her place in the world. She's a wonderful kind of vehicle for us to understand this, what's happening. Thank you very much. And, and the cinematography and the direction. It's such, a, it's such a beautiful, beautiful film. And all the things we are talking about are there in ways that will move you, move you emotionally and move you as a, a lover of cinema. And I want to thank both of you very, very much for being here on Film School today. Um, I want to thank, thank you, thank you, you uh, Tamara. Oh, thank you. I want to thank uh, Tamara uh, Kotevska as well as Lubomir Stefanov, the co-directors of Honeyland. It is, it is a beautiful, beautiful film. Thank you so much for being here. Thank, thank you very you. much. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.